Content warning, this podcast contains mentions of queerphobia, transphobia, and misogyny. All right, let's go. Hi, everyone. My name is Hannah. My pronouns are they, them, and you're listening to a podcast on queer folks' favorite tunes. This is Queer Sounds. Thanks again for tuning in. On the other side of the line today, it's Lilith. Hi there. Hello, Hannah. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. I've had not a busy day. Not really. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm trying to fill my day with little hobby projects, but it's always trying to look for that balance between working on fun hobby projects and uh, allowing yourself to have some free time. How about you? Oh, I had a very hectic day today, to be honest with you. I have been giving uh, and uh, writing emails, um, taking calls, calling people. So it has been quite a packed day. But I'm happy that we are talking now. Yeah, me too. Um, um, just for the record, what are your pronouns? My pronouns are she, her. All right. So introduce yourself to the audience a little bit. What is it you do in your daily life? You've been taking a lot of calls. What calls uh, for what organization so my name is, uh, complete name is Lilith Raza, and I work for a German organization called Lesbian and Gay Federation in Germany. Um, and there I have a project, uh, Queer Refugees Deutschland, uh, which is funded by the Integration uh, Commissioner of the Federal Republic of Germany. And my daily routine looks like that I have to answer a lot of refugees um, who are either in Germany or are looking to come to Germany and apply for an asylum. So I tell them about the asylum process and we are a referral point as well. That means that we also send people to their uh, regional organizations within Germany that are working for refugees and uh, asylum seekers. Then I take calls from them. I cover almost five languages. Um, so three South Asian languages and two European languages, English and German. And other than that, I am also working with other organizations, but within my projects, it's mostly about integration, migration and refugees. And what about their rights here? How can they get married here if they are refugees? They want to marry their partners who are also refugees. How does it that actually um, come into effect if you do not have a German passport. So all of these questions they ask us and then we send them to the right people who can help them further. Um, so for those listening uh, unaware of like the German political system, you've got like, so to speak, 16 Bundesländer, so about like 16 states um, and they all have their like uh, regional uh, or, you know, state government. And above that, there is a level of like the Bundes, uh, uh, Bundesregierung, so the national government. And um, I'm already getting lost in my words. How do you find your way through that political maze? It's very hard, to be honest, because there is one um, uh, thing, uh, we call it BAMF. Uh, that's the Federal Agency for Migrants and Refugees. They are responsible for your interview, they are responsible to keep you in Germany or get you out of the Germany. 
um, and we try our best that uh, people don't get kicked out of Germany, especially LGBTIQ refugees and asylum seekers. And then you have those 16 states who take the responsibility to give them housing, to give them social welfare and to integrate them into the system. And there we have, uh, especially me, because I'm working for the federal uh, project and with the federal government, so I cannot say anything. There we need uh, our partners, local organizations who are working within those federal states. And uh, till today, it's been almost four years I'm working in this project. They are working and cooperating and trying their best with us together to provide security and safety to as many asylum seekers and refugees from the queer LGBTIQ community as much possible. Let's kick off with the first track for today. It's a track from the movie called Caravan by Asha Bosle. And the title, Pietuapto Asia? Genau, that was so good. <laughs> Um, like from start to finish uh, it's a track from a 1971 film and as we all know the 70s have indeed the best music I am not entirely sure uh, if this qualifies as like a Bollywood soundtrack but the song definitely is in Hindi but uh, yeah that for a little bit of an introduction um, so Lilith why did you pick this song for today um, so, um, as a child, I and my mom, we both used to watch a lot of Bollywood films. Um, so, I was a single child, uh, the only lonesome child for 10 years. So, I was uh, kind of like giving company to my mom while she would uh, sit down and watch these movies. And what we used to do, we used to also sing these songs together. Even if there was no movie, uh, it was very common for us, at least in our household, to do that. And it still reminds me of my childhood. I think my mom, because she is also from 60s, uh, she was born in 1965. 
and it's also her childhood uh, songs so she was imparting her childhood songs to me <laughs> right yeah a little bit of a musical education yo i liked this as a child now you are going to like it as well yeah exactly yeah so i uh, got my music taste uh, from my mum yeah in the beginning it was all like the local regional music uh, bollywood uh, that has a huge influence in our lives or at least hindi music we would use to call it back then not bollywood bollywood is just a new term and it it is a cabaret song the the person in the song the one who has played as the protagonist uh, helen she's one of those women who was not afraid of showing her skin in the indian cinema and uh, that was a huge thing for so many people oh look at her she's showing um, completely her legs and her arms and her belly and she's not uh, shying about it so all of these things made her look like a very brave woman to me at least as a child and i was like wow look at her she can do what she wants <laughs> but it 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 sounds like uh for uh you as a trans woman this movie also made a lot of impact is that like how they portrayed femininity or is that something about you, you know you like without putting any gender theory into it just something's like hey this is a fun movie with a with with a cool badass woman and look at me that's me yeah it was more like it was more like that the other thing because annoying about my transsexuality i didn't know it back then i was a child and i didn't know what i am who i am i was just a child that's it and for me this woman oh my god uh, she was the bravest of all because it was also uh, like um, in everyday talk and whenever you are talking about movies within your relative circles within your friend circles she's the only bad aspect uh, who can show her skin and she has a huge impact on the people from the 70s as well as from the people in the 80s because i'm an 80s child so uh, she uh, played a huge role even for those 20 years that's that's marvelous is hindi also like you mentioned you uh, cover five languages is hindi one of them yeah hindi is one of them so my mother uh, tongue is punjabi and then we were supposed to learn english and uh, not supposed to we were forced to learn english and urdu and then uh, on my way to music and uh, hindi movies and cinema i picked up a lot of hindi and sanskrit from the movies yeah it's always fun how movies also can help you learn uh, languages with that back to music though because um like if you've been watching a lot of movies um is 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 that also like uh, a musical specifically or like is that also specifically hindi movies or like how how much music did you come across that way oh i came across a lot of uh, music even other than uh, the hindi cinema uh like i'm born in the 80s and from 80s up until 2000 so the end of the millennium um we had a lot of local musicians we also had indian musicians playing for uh, film industry and other than film industry as well and we used to buy cassettes so we used to have a cassette recorder uh many people don't know that anymore <laughs> that such kind of things also existed uh so we used to uh, have these small cassettes, these tapes, and we used to play that at home and sing and dance to it. 
and then there was also music um, influence from shrines because we used to go to shrines as well and we have a very local art of music which is called kavali and it is mostly played uh, on all the big shrines within india and uh, pakistan so that was the, my second uh, introduction to another art uh, and form of music i like kavali as well i like sufi music as well and uh, there i also have another person uh, whom i really like and they are a queer person yeah, we're going to talk about that person in the later segment because if I feel like where you're going to, you also picked one of those people for one of the songs today. Without without getting ahead of ourselves, then what was like the main soundtrack of you know you living in Pakistan? Is there uh, is that just the religious music or um, I don't know is secular the right word to describe this? Uh, what what were you listening to? It was a mix. It was a mix. It wasn't just the religious music, like uh, the ones I when I told you the Kavali and the Sufi music. It was also a lot of local pop music. We used to have Nadia Hassan, and uh, she was the first pop star of Pakistan. She introduced also pop music to Pakistan. Uh, that was also uh, part of my childhood and early youth. And then there were a lot of other singers, like there were bands coming up in the 90s uh, in Pakistan and they were all becoming really famous and would do music on uh, national uh, identity as well, which I didn't like. For me, that was some sort of thing that I couldn't actually identify with because it was all about Fatherland, Fatherland, Fatherland. <laughs> And for me, that was too much. But there were also music um, that really touched my heart. And that was coming from poets who wrote their poetry 100 or 200 years ago. And they were getting reinvented by the local uh, uh, singers and musicians. And uh, that was something very amazing for me. And that is also where I had a lot of fond, uh, fondness for the Urdu language because the Urdu language is very po poetic and very romantic language. And you can be extremely open about your feelings in that language, of which my mother tongue doesn't allow that much. We are way too much rudimentary and way too much uh, sticking with the roots rather than being poetic and explaining things in a manner which are very artistic and uh, the, uh, the the high class, I would say, or the upper elite class would use that language. Like the, the French was the elite language of Europe for many right, years. Yeah. yeah. So we have Urdu. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's uh, as far as uh, I've figured it out, Urdu, even though it's only spoken by about 7% of the the Pakistan population, um, it's still the national language or like lingua franca and the, the like the, the the governmental official language. So at some point from Pakistan, you moved to Germany. Is there a specific song you associate with that? You know, something you were listening to on the plane when you were... No, I I wasn't listening to anything on the plane. I was very much <laughs> afraid of the height and I was thinking maybe we will crash. <laughs> You know, no, but before coming uh, to Germany and after coming to Germany, like there were a lot of things that uh, happened. So when I was uh, about to leave Pakistan, there were music that we played at a local shrine. It was a Kavali and I attended that with my friends. 
but when i came to germany the it was all a new thing new language everything is new and the people are singing songs which i have never heard of and uh, didn't even know who are the artists and what should i do with this music because it's entirely a different world you arrived in germany from pakistan in 2012 and where before you've been listening to asha uh, Bosley, yeah, all of a sudden you get dropped into the world of, I don't know, like Rihanna, Lady Gaga. Uh, yeah, you like Rihanna and Lady Gaga. They were also, uh, especially in the elite class, they were also very much famous back in Pakistan. But that was not my music. That was music coming from another part of the world. And I could not associate myself with that. For me, it was uh, like foreign films, a foreign type of music. But uh, I was listening to Madame Nurjaha, who is a queer icon in Pakistan as well. I was listening to, uh, there is another local, very good singer, Nasibo Lal. She sings in my um, mother tongue and I love her voice. Oh my God, she is iconic. But she mostly sings about the love between a man and a woman and uh, mostly it's very sad. So yeah, it's just something that when you have a breakup, you can listen to her songs and you would enjoy that. So it, uh, from the way you described it, like um, in, in arriving in like a whole different world, a uh, new environment, did uh, listening to a lot of like, like you said, local music, uh, like help you power through? Yeah, yeah, uh, it did. And I was like, it, it was a it was a shift. It was a cultural shift in all the things that I was doing back then. And uh, not just cultural shifts, it was also a gender shift. Uh, in my case, uh, from being identified as a man and then coming to Germany and then finding my own identity. So in all that process, the music has helped me a lot. The music was one of the things that kept me I would say alive because you have lyrics, you have great musicians uh, who can help those lyrics become really powerful. And then there are singers who can sing in a powerful voice. And that was kind of a treasure box for me, like opening up uh, internet and going to different sites and listening to the old music, listening to the new music, trying to adjust to it. It was a very nice experience. Now I think of it, it was... It was cool, like listening to Fiona and uh, uh, other local um, uh, German folk music as well. I could not understand anything, so I had to do it with the subtitles, which didn't make any sense. <laughs> Makes sense to me. I definitely learned a lot of German by listening through German music. Uh, yes. To, to German music. Like I can remember uh, finding my first... Uh, a CD by a German band or like my first introduction to like German pop music, which kind of casting aside all of the, the, all of the opera ski stuff that my parents brought along when we would go skiing. Like I definitely remember like finding out about like some first German punk bands and I was like, holy shit, this is so cool. Why I didn't definitely helped me and definitely helped me learn the language, even though they were singing about like, sad open graves and stuff but still. i can relate to that i can relate to that a lot <laughs> do do you remember like a, a specific german song that helped you learn the language oh um 99 luftballons <laughs> and then uh, the later was like uh schüttel dein speck 
Peter Fox, who remembers him? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter Fox, exactly. All right. Uh, let's get back to some actual Pakistani music because uh, I feel like if we're going to dive down a rabbit hole of Peter Fox and, uh, and, and Seed and all of the German bands from back in the day, we're going to be, we're going to be here for another while. For now, my nada imas tana by Abida Parvi. One of the biggest artists in uh, Pakistan, also dubbed the Queen of Sufi. But I bet you are much better at giving all of this information than I am, Lilith. So take it away. So the first time I came to know about uh, Abida Parveen, it was, I think I was seven or eight years old. And they were singing um, on, a, on a television show. And I was asking constantly my mom, is this person a man or a woman? Is this person a man or a woman? And she was like, why are you asking this? I was like, they don't look like a man, but they also don't look like a woman. Who are they? And for me, it was quite confusing as a child. And um, Abida, in their youth, they used to be very manly appear person like their attire was uh, mostly male attire the clothes were not colorful at all the way the, the pakistani women usually wear and then they didn't used to have long hair like women short hair plus they were also sitting there without covering their head so it was all attributes that uh, uh, young child would attribute to a man but at the same time the person does not look like a man so it was very confusing uh, but later when I was um, old enough to realize ah, okay there is a world where queer people are also existing in this country and not uh, since I came to realize that 
rather since eons and eons and uh, Abida are one of them and there has been also uh, interviews done with them where they have said um, I am just a soul who sing I am neither a man nor a woman and uh, even in the song that I have chosen uh, for today's podcast uh, the entire song revolves around um, who you are what you are uh, you are a person who is the song and the sound of the wild wilderness so you are not somebody who can be kept and controlled and then at the same time they are also um, talking about so many things which uh, are attributed locally male and female uh, so they are saying that i am this and that i am this and that so both all right so i uh, obviously me myself not being able to read punjabi or uru or uh, or anything like that i had a little bit issue uh, trying to find any uh, implication of this person's queerness not that i want to be a gatekeeper or anything i just want to read up on stuff um and f- what i noticed that especially like in the english articles i read about this person they were mostly uh just described as like a, a cis hat woman because from what you're telling me now that's not accurate at all no it's not accurate at all um but they have never outed themselves publicly and it's very dangerous to out yourself publicly over there but you know i do feel like if you have uh lyrics that uh that that radiate this much um uh, non-binary energy that would put them more in jeopardy than this podcast right yeah 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 of course but uh, when it comes to poetry especially the urdu poetry and it's very old urdu poetry um you can uh, take as many meanings from the words as you want and you can take and uh, take the poetry and the poet and you can describe them as much cishet as you want but i think that's not the case here and at least that's my personal um i would say interpretation and within circles that we know abida abida they are a non binary person uh, they have always put there as a female person um somebody who identifies as a cishet woman but uh, that's beyond us at least within the community we know like when you when you know you know and if you don't know you don't have to know yes and uh, on behalf of uh, this podcast i would like to say if you're listening to abida and you're kind of have had a hunch don't take this as a confirmation but you know take the song check out the lyrics and do with it whatever you will how big of a role did this person play in your own queer experience being lil lilith uh, in 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 pakistan uh, uh lilith was very stupid until lilith was 16 <laughs> weren't we all i mean i can definitely tell i was still stupid at 16 so you know so until i was 16 i didn't know what i was doing and after that uh, when i was d- discovering my own identity so i was looking for people who were in the similar or almost the similar situations and trying to reach out to people if i can but i couldn't so back then also it was more of a like going back inside your own self and just uh, trying to keep your identity within yourself so that other people don't get to know about you 
I did talk about my coming out, uh, the first coming out. I didn't know it was coming out, by the way. Uh, the first time I came to know about the coming out uh, word and terminology was when I was 24. So I didn't know that. And I did tell a couple of people, friends, whom I thought were close to me. And they shunned me immediately. They told me that uh, that is wrong. And uh, that being born in a male's body, it's very important for you to adhere to the male norms of the society. Get married someday, have children and have your own family and maybe have a house and things like that. The old typical things that happen all around the world. Get married, produce children, have a dog or I don't know, have a house. Uh, that's it. I'm glad you're saying all around the world because from the words you're saying right now, I can't make up whether that happened in Pakistan or in traditional Christian Germany. Exactly. It's it's like it's it's a patriarchy. Actually, we don't talk about patriarchy that much. The main issue all around the world is patriarchy, and it doesn't matter which religion they choose. The patriarchal systems do have something against women. They do have something against queer communities in general. Is that why you picked the name Lilith? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. I am so glad I read up on this before this recording because, you know, I was I was aware of, you know, the, the name Lilith being uh, common in like feminist circles. And like before I decided, OK, you know what? I finally should see if if there is a reason behind that. Like there is this this large um feminist media platform called Lilith Mag in the Netherlands and I was aware of that and I was thinking okay but there is a pattern here and before that like I uh, wasn't actually aware of the entire concept so um, the story goes for those unaware um, before Eve there was a different person who was assigned to be Adam's wife in like the Judeo-Christian uh, uh, narratives of like the existence of the world. So what people say is that uh, Adam was being too much of a patriarchal douchebag and Lilith was like, no, how about I go on top during sex once? And um, Adam was like, yeah, no, you're, you're, uh, I'm, I'm much stronger than you. So I'm gonna, uh, uh, so, so I'm gonna be on top. And um, Lilith was like, well, if you don't let me have my way and you're not going to be nice to me, fuck off then. And that's kind of why she became a feminist icon. And on the other hand, also like the demonization of the matriarchy. But, you know, that's been long reclaimed. And uh, Lilith has since then, or, you know, since uh, the feminist uh, movement have reclaimed that name, uh, became you know it's 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 turned around and it's a symbol of power now at least if you ask me and i bet also if you ask you know if you'd if you'd ask a lilith on the other side of the conversation here yeah you are you are completely right hannah uh for me it was also the first time i came to know about lilith was in 2006 back then and I came to know about Lilith uh, while reading about uh, religion, especially Christian and Judeo traditions. And there I was like, oh, um, we were all told that there was Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve. Uh, but nobody even talked about Lilith. Where the hell did she come from? And when I read more about her and I came to realize, oh, okay, demonizing of red uh, hair women, 
demonizing of women uh, that they cannot take part actually uh, in sexual intercourse or even enjoy the sexual intercourse. And it's just for procreation there. So all of those things that were then becoming really clear in my head. Ah, okay. These are the religious traditions invented by the patriarchy to keep the women in check and to keep them as baby-making machines. That's it. Oh, God. It's, it's, uh, it's patriarchy. It's patriarchy. I'm so sorry. Patriarchy is a MSTM. So... You said you find out about Lilith pretty late, even though I think uh, if you were raised Sufi, that's also like a Abrahamic religion, if I yes. get it right. So is that just because she was actively erased from the story? What's your What are your thoughts? Oh, I think in Islam, there are so many stories which have been actively erased, especially the story of the Lot, the Lut, and uh, his wife. That has been erased as well in Islam. It's not uh, in, in, in Bible. They go on having incest with the, um, the, the daughters have sex with the lot. In Islam, they don't have sex anymore. It's like cut short where she turns into a salt statue and that's it. Yeah, the Sodom and Gomorrah story. Exactly, the Sodom and Gomorrah story. And then the, in Islam, it's also more like the women are born from the rib, like the Eve. And I was like, okay, so God could made a huge Adam, but could not produce or make or invent whatever a beautiful woman for him. For that, he uh, had to rely on the rib. And then in the entire stories, they revolve around how women should be obedient and uh, passive to their partners, always say yes to the man and do not take active role in decision making this is something which patriarchy does and it uses religion as a tool to uh to implement the patriarchy what's your um what's your own gender experience how do you experience gender oh um differently i have lived as a or perceived as a male um for so many years almost 28 years of my life and that was a very different experience which I, was, which I am having now for the last six years of my life. There was more um, authority to that gender. There was more freedom to that gender. There was more, um, I would say, if I would talk in a group of people, I would get listened. There was also this that you have the power to change the discourse uh, while sitting in a family meeting. And you're not going to uh, sit in the kitchen making uh, chapatis and I don't know, chicken biryani and all those things for the guests. Rather, you are sitting in a in a big room with other friends and uh, relatives and just uh, enjoying your day. And it's the women who are doing all the, uh, all the work. So for me, it was a very different kind of an environment and I always hated it. And I was like, why are women not taking active part in the society? And the answer was because the God want them to be in the kitchen. So it's more like uh, people forget that, uh, that we have kinder, kesha, kusha. All right. Yeah. So kids, church and kitchen. Oh, it's the same in the Islam. <laughs> it's like church, kitchen and uh, children. 
and in islam it's like uh, pray kitchen and children that's it so i was against that and since the since the gender um i i usually don't like the english words which is like uh, gender uh, transitioning gender reassignment and i don't know whatever i usually like angleichung so geschlechtsangleichung which is a german word which is more appropriate that it's it's always there but it is now angeglichen like the gender affirmation it's more like yeah exactly gender affirmation it's different now it's uh, the freedom of movement is lesser <laughs> way less harassments are way too often uh then there are people who are stupid ass uh are I you don't talking know. in general or are you talking about your personal experience my personal experience yikes yeah it's 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 a very strange experience for me but at the same time i'm i'm learning every day i'm learning the things that uh, cis women especially cis uh women learn through their mothers their sisters at the age of 16 at the age of 12 even i am learning them at the age of 28 <laughs> so there is a huge gap i'm sorry you have to go through all of the downsides but i hope you're you know you're still able to have like a good time yeah yeah i'm having a, the best time of my life i don't regret it and uh, the best thing is that i have a lot of supportive people around me which help me uh to find the right uh people and to find the right authorities where i can go and talk to them about my issues and get really good counseling like professional counseling all right uh yeah let's get to track number three i feel like i'm saying let's get to that let's move on to track i'm not explicitly mentioning what music is coming up and i feel like it's a bad habit that i should get rid of either way the weather girls is raining man let's go hi hi we're your weather girl uh-uh. and have we got news for you you better
So um, we've had an entire conversation about Lilith. We had an entire uh, uh, thing with uh, Abida as like the uh, Kuali and Sufi singer. And now it's Raining Man. Hallelujah. Amen. I feel like there's a lot of religious overtones in this episode. Um, but uh, that's not why you picked this track. Um, Lilith, why, 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 did you, why did you choose It's Raining Man by The Weather Girls? Oh, I did because it has a different, <laughs> very different experience for me. Uh, the first time here in Cologne, uh, Germany, I came to the CST parade, which is usually known as Pride Parade in all around the world. But we in Germany, we call it Christopher Street Day. And uh, on that day, I came to know about this Weather Girls song it was playing. I think it was playing on a on a van and everybody was cheering up to this song and I didn't know it up till 2013 that this song even exists although it's a very very old song but I never had uh, that it's an 80s classic yes 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 but yeah of course we, uh, we didn't have it like it's raining men singing in Pakistan mm, I don't know if it would be that okay <laughs> Yeah, but it was it was really good. Um, how should I even say it? it? It's a nostalgic movement every time, a moment every time I listen to this song. At the same time, it gives me so much joy. It gives me that, yeah, you can talk about sex. You can talk about uh, being a woman and entrusting in, in having an interest in sex and sexual activities. So... That was once again uh, the same thing that the Helen had in the first song, that she could show her skin. And all of a sudden, now I can listen to women who are talking about sex. So it helped me to also come out of my own shell. Uh, because I always thought that uh, I can never live as a woman in this world. It would be so hard for me to live as a woman. People will not accept that. There will be always problems. Uh, being a woman in this uh, universe, in this small little planet. Uh, but I think I was mm, not quite tr quite right about it and also not quite false about it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a kind of a middle way uh, for me. Um, being a woman is a lot of joy. It's for me the thing uh, that I have always experienced inside my soul that now I am experiencing on my body. Uh, the identity that I was born with uh, was never there. It was not visible, but now it's visible for everybody. So getting identified within the mirror, the, the woman that you always were, now you can see it in that mirror. It brings you euphoria. It brings you that, uh, that, that happiness that is beyond this world and people don't know that people are against trans women people don't understand what is uh, being trans were there places in were there places in pakistan where you could also experience comparable where, where you could have comparable experiences of euphoria yeah only when i would visit uh, trans women at their specific places which are called dera in uh, like like a place to visit 
like a council. Deira is more like a council, but it's not a council. It's a space where the, most of the trans women live. And there I could experience my trans identity. There I could be myself and have that euphoria and meet people who are like me, who can understand me even without talking to them for hours and hours. Like if I would talk to somebody who is cis and hetero, it's very hard for them to understand and comprehend what it is. And I think it's it's a stupid thing that people are trying to understanding it. It's more like accepting it. There are people who are trans and that's it. Full stop. So if there is, you know, some person in Pakistan uh, struggling with their gender identity, what would you advise them to do? Be themselves. Uh, keep faith in yourself. Uh, and if you are having experiences of violence and harassment, don't give up on life. Never give up on life. Life is a precious thing. I know it's easy to say for me now because I live in a comparatively safer country, but I'm telling you, girl, boy, non-binary people, hang on there. Things will change. Um, you picked The Weather Girls also as like a Christopher Street Day song. Because you've never been to a concert, uh, that's like wild to me because I uh, I have the luxury and maybe the addiction that I like, well, not anymore, obviously, but I, I, I used to go to concerts like once every month and the fact that no one has ever been to a concert is wild. Uh, how, how come? Um, <laughs> I wanted to go to a concert. It's, uh, yeah, ages ago. I remember, I think it was 2003 or four with friends and we actually bought the tickets and we went there and the concert got cancelled one day before. And after that, I think that was uh, very traumatizing for me. Uh, maybe that's the reason. I was never, ever again <laughs> interested in concerts. And in Germany, um, the first few years, I would say that I never got the chance to go to a concert. And lately I wanted to go in 2020. I was planning for that. And uh, there is also this music festival which takes place in Belgium, in Spain, in Netherlands. Um, it's It has a very specific name to it. Uh, see, I'm not a concert person. <laughs> yeah, no, but I'm, I'm, I'm also, a I am a concert person. And I'm thinking something that happens in both Germany, Belgium, the Netherlands and Spain. Yeah, there's a music festival that happens there. And then on this music festival, there are different concerts going on. Yeah, I, mean, I understand the concept of a festival, but um, I, I'm not entirely sure what, what kind of brand name or concert name you're, a festival name you're referring to. I have forgotten about it. It's been almost two years when we were planning that. And then thankfully to Corona, it all got uh, cancelled. <laughs> You even say thankfully. That just breaks my heart. Um, <laughs> no, it's sarcastic. <laughs> there is one uh, thing I wanted to get out of the way, which is your, I want to say, secret admiration of German Schlager music. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, so in my day-to-day -day, uh, routines, uh, before Corona... It was always like this uh, during the weekdays, uh, get done with the work and go to a pub and sit there and drink a beer or two uh, with friends, with colleagues and listen to music. And in most of the pubs in Cologne, they play Schlager. 
And that's where my Schlager uh, admiration comes from. In the beginning, I was like, what kind of noise is this? <laughs> like, it doesn't have a melody to it. It's more like uh, somebody is uh, breaking plates or, I don't know, um, smashing cups. That's what it uh, sounded to me in the beginning. <laughs> So what changed? I mean, I definitely appreciate a good Haino song, but uh, what, why, why did you turn around on that opinion? Uh, because I started to then hang out with people who would listen to it and then uh, they informed me about uh, the Schlager traditions here, that it's uh, usually uh, played in almost all the pubs around Rhineland. And then there was also this, that it is one of the most significant kind of music which is outstanding and belongs just to Germany <laughs> nowhere else and then I, I now I can speak German so that's another thing that now I can understand them and I can relate to a couple of things as well in my day-to-day -day life uh, of music uh, something like we were sitting in the uh, in the pub and uh, drinking beer and then I thought of you and then I was thinking of another woman and then I thought of you again <laughs> so things like that which doesn't make any sense to somebody who knows German language but is not German for them it would be like what what is that <laughs> but to me it is more like yeah my day-to-day -day music I listen to a lot of Schlager whenever I am like sitting on a weekend and drinking my uh, beer in the evening or maybe even coffee in the morning. I definitely understand the positive association you've got with like Schlager music because the image that pops up in my head is like that typical Bavarian Biergarten type of situation. <laughs> I'm, I'm not entirely sure if I should or should not agree with your uh, statement that it's like something completely German because... I uh, largely associate Schlager as well with like something typically, typically Alpine. So, you know, you've got these blue and white checkers and, you know, that's something <laughs> typically Bavarian. But then also Austria is, is, is something like, like I've, I've been going to Tirol since I was like a, a, a literally, literal infant. So, you know, the, the, the entire concept of the, 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 like I mentioned, right, the upper ski music that my dad would put in the car if we would go to Austria on a skiing holiday. So, yeah, I definitely understand the positive association with, uh, with Schlager music. Uh, speaking of German music, the last track for today, uh, Alles Halal by Elif. What, are your, uh, what, what was your motivation to play this one? Oh, um, yeah, um, I'm not just... Uh my identity is also that I am not a religious person and I have been fighting all my life with religious authorities and uh, in Islam there is a concept of haram and halal. Haram is uh, not allowed and halal is everything is allowed. Um, and then I came across Aleph uh, last year uh, during the COVID pandemic <laughs> lockdown. And I was listening to her song and I was like, oh my God, that is exactly what I have been going through all my life. That people telling me that I will burn in hell. She's also experiencing the same thing. But at the same time, she's saying it doesn't matter. So yeah, for me, 
for me, she is one of those person is actually in Germany who can sing a song like that uh, because it's also very hard to sing a song, something like that, even in English or in my local area, because that would be absolute blasphemy. We, as as confirmed before, we all love our love ourselves some German music. Um, before we play the track, I want to thank you all again for listening. Uh, if you want to support the show, tell a friend, tell them how much uh, languages you've learned through the show. Uh, all of the all of the Hindi and Urdu and German that you can get away with. Uh, also, I like to um, thank Lilith for coming on. Of course. Uh, also, if you uh, before I forget, if you want to support the show financially, you can do so through Patreon.com/slash Queersounds. Yeah, uh, look us up on the Twitters and and all of that and the Instagrams and stuff. You'll find us. Either way, alles hello, bye Alif. Thank you so much for listening and thanks. Lilith for coming on. Thank you for having me. Ich trinke Wodka, Tonic und bete nachts. Tanze auf dem Tresen manchmal und dann hebe ich ab. Ich will vom Himmel träumen mit meinem Freund nackt im Bett und das am liebsten jeden Tag. Baba, deine Tochter liebt in Sünde und hat dafür gute Gründe. Du weißt, ich hab euch alle lieb, Baba. Vielleicht kommen wir nicht ins gleiche Paradies, Baba. Ich muss wissen, wie das Leben schmeckt. Probiere jeden Trick. Sag nicht, ich schmeiß mein Leben weg. Ich weiß genau, ich mach auch nicht alles richtig. Doch ich glaube, das ist wichtig. Dass ich lebe, während ich rave Mit meinen Girls, will nur high sein Und dann im Auto Mucke hören Es geht mir gut, auch wenn ich morgen noch nicht heirate Paar Rendezvous, nur damit ich nicht vereinsame Kann kein Engel sein, weil der Teufel diese Welt regiert Muss mich verschwenden, meine Grenzen kläre ich selbst mit mir Die Welt ist krank und ich gehöre dazu, Baba Ich streng mich an, doch nie ist es genug, Baba Du sagst selbst, Gott ist groß und das stimmt, Baba Und ich hoffe, er liebt mich so, wie ich bin, Baba Yeah, was ist noch erlaubt?